What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Angelo. What's up, Alex? You know, you didn't have such a such a good such a good week, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Angelo? I mean, yeah, in one of the leagues, I guess we'll start by that, right? One of the leagues, the one that we're both in for quite a while, didn't go as well. Effectively, I lost that one. But on the bright side, I won the 32 team league for the first time. You did? I didn't even look. Quite honestly. Yeah. I won that one. <laughs> so at least one of the goals were was completed this year. Yeah. Now I have, you, I have you to finished redo. one job. Yeah. You finished I one finished, job. I finished one story. Now I need the other one. Oh, and apparently you did pretty well in a few leagues, right? Yep, I won money in my one league, and I made the playoffs in another. So, I actually don't no that no, and I, I don't think it, it's a fact. The worst record I had this year in redraft was eight and six. Pretty good, pretty good. Yep. Yeah, as I said, in the money league, that was the big stakes there, four hundred to where whoever won it. And unfortunately, I didn't make it in by half a game because of a tie. Uh, if I had won that game, I would have been in, and I would have won the whole thing because I was the highest scoring team every single week of the playoffs. Really burns when that happens. But you move on. It is what it is. True. So do you have any good stories for the... for, for oh, I cannot speak English right now. From this fantasy season, any good stories you'd like to tell? Uh, stories, I guess there, there's a few. Like, there's those two main leagues that I'm in. Those are the, the two that I pay the most attention to. They, those are always fun. There's all, always full of trades, uh, especially with you in the 16-team league. Um, I mean, the whole banter is the, the highlight of the season for me between you, me, um, um, Austin as well, joining the mix in the 16-team league. Then in the 32-team league, there's other guys, there's Corey, there's Math, always just trying to pile up on me. But I won that one, so now they can say anything. They've been real quiet. But yeah, the, the overall banter, it's what I appreciate the most in these leagues that we've been on for quite a while now. It's just the banter. How about you? What's the highlight of the season for you in fantasy football? Or what were some of the highlights, I guess? Um, drafting C.D. Lamb and Tyreek Hill in a bunch of redraft leagues. <laughs> Not just, Funny enough, never having the 101 and having to select Justin Jefferson. I mean, yeah, CD was was a major, a major score. Yeah, I have Justin Jefferson in like two or three fantasy leagues, and I didn't have him in a single roster in redraft. Crazy. In fact, I was acquiring Justin Jefferson basically all year. Crazy. It's crazy how that works. So I do have a question for you because CD Lamb has now surpassed Jamar Chase on keep trade cut. As the wide receiver two in Dynasty. Agree, disagree? Uh, I don't think 
I would put him that way. I still think I would put Chase ahead of CD. But, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, CD just went out there and won a lot of people championships. He had a, an amazing stretch there. I mean, he was wide receiver one over Tyreek Hill after week five or six or something like that. He was the wide receiver one in all of football, in all of fantasy football. So it's understandable that people are starting to pump him up like that. But I mean, I still would rather have Chase, to be honest. But it's just maybe I'm too attached to Chase. It's the issue. It's fair, and I think I'm going to generally agree with you, but what because Keep Trade Cut is like a um, crowdsourced thing, so you have a bunch of people give a bunch of input on like what they think is, you know, they, well, granted, they don't like say this is the wide receiver one, they say I'd rather have this person over this person over this person but the thing I've noticed is that um, even at wide receiver Quite honestly, like dynasty rankings are just a combination of youth and who's performing that year. Like, like if if in well, maybe not next year because the Falcons are atrocious. But if in um, five years when the Falcons have fired Arthur Smith and they have an actual quarterback in there, if you told me Drake London was the wide receiver, too, in dynasty, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. Especially yeah. if he had, if he's coming off a season that similar season to what we we saw from CD this year. Yeah, yeah. There's there's all this volatility, and I mean, you can just look at his history on Keep Trade Cut, and it's like starting the season he was wide receiver three. Then he had a slump there because the first three to four games weren't that great, so people were were starting to to doubt him. And I saw plenty of of comments and posts. Uh, saying that he shouldn't be in that discussion. He should be behind guys like A.J. Brown, for example, or Amon Ross St. Brown, for example. Remember when A.J. Brown was the wide receiver three? Yeah, it's like, it that just changes quite a bit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's like back in October, like throughout all of October, actually, CD was wide receiver six, and now he's wide receiver two. And it's a jump of almost 2,000 points in value. So these things happen, and I so, don't think it's anything to to like be super. The thing I've learned crazy about. is it's kind of it's kind of like like making rankings in dynasty is kind of like playing whose line is it anyway. The points are irrelevant, and the rules are made up. So if you have a chance to acquire someone who is a top ten dynasty wide receiver, get him, just get him. Yeah. You never know what could happen in a given season and that, you know, person who's fringe 10 could be the number 2 or number 1 wide receiver in dynasty in a year. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it, it just takes a good run, especially if it's a run down the end where it's like you really burns gets really hot down the end and just wins a few people championships. I mean, his value will be will be over, not overrated, but it will take a big bump up. Maybe it's not justified because it's just recency bias. Like I wouldn't be shocked if like CD Lamb is wide receiver two right now, Jamar Chase is wide receiver three. Um, if like after the season ends, they stay the same, and it's like during the off season without any football being played, Jamar Chase just overtakes CD again because like people start to to forget the run that CD had in the end, and from for yep. most of the season, like 
not just in the end, but the end is what gave people the titles. So it's it's what what's imprinted into the memory more. Quite honestly, this is why I've acquired someone like a Chris Olave a lot because Chris Olave could easily be the wide receiver two tomorrow. Not because like he has wide receiver two talent, but he has wide receiver two opportunity. All it takes is Derek Carr having a crazy year or the Saints bringing in a quarterback and he's still getting 15 to 60 targets. It's why Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver one. He's tethered to Kirk Cousins currently and he gets 15 to 16 targets a game. There's there's your blueprint. If you if the dude you got currently gets like double digit targets consistently, keep him, dude. He could be the wide receiver too tomorrow. Yeah. All it takes is a, is a great season, so but yeah, I actually had, since we're on the topic of fantasy football, before we go into the actual football, I actually have a question here um, okay. that I wanted your intake on. Let me let me find it real quick, because it was a point that was discussed um, in one of the chats that I'm in. And it was, where is it? Where is it? They gave... A few guys gave me a few wide receivers to rank. And they were mostly like all young players. And it was interesting that almost no one had them in the same order. And actually no one had them in the order that Kiptrick had had. So okay. I want to know your take here, if I can find it. Um, so, you, so to be clear, you're going to give me a random four or five players and you want me to rank them? Last yeah, wide, first or whatever. wide receivers. Wide receivers. Okay. Fist. Okay. They're all okay. relatively. You want young. me to go worst to best or best to worst? Which one you want to go? Uh, best to worst. Best to worst. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's here. Okay. So the list of wide receivers. It's uh, Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Okay. T Higgins. Okay. Puka Nakua. Okay. Devonta Smith. Okay. Jalen Waddle. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to write this down. Hold on. Let me get notes. Want me to repeat it? Hold on. When I get the notes up, yes. Okay, okay go ahead. Okay, so it's Tank. It's okay. T. It's okay. Puka. Okay. It's Devonta Smith. Jalen Waddle. Okay. And Jordan Addison. Okay, so these are all really interesting wide receivers other than, like, Hank, because these are wide receivers. I see, I see, I already see the trends. These are currently wide receivers who are the wide receiver two on their team who are either wildly productive or wildly talented, or in some cases, both, and are an injury or a free agency away from being the wide receiver one on a team. Yes. Right? Okay. And Tank is just didn't get draft capital, but is tethered to CJ Stroud currently and had an amazing season. Yes, exactly. When he was out there. Okay. And there's there's questions if the Houston Texans like draft number one. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Who's I, I guess we'll start from the bottom, actually. I asked for the top one, the I'll ask for the bottom, yeah. So who's your bottom, bottom, bottom guy here? A lot of people are gonna hate me for this. My bottom guy's tanked. Okay. 
That's what I had as well. I'll say, uh, as you go along, I say what I had. And then in the end, I'll tell you what Keep Trick Cut had at the time that this was posted. Because I talked about these guys on the 28th of December. So there might be a few changes here. I don't think so, for the most part. But I'll give you what Keep Trick Cut had back then. Okay, so Tank, we both agree. That's the last one. Next, Okunakua. Okay. I had T. Higgins here. I don't blame you. And T. Higgins is coming off a really, really bad season. But you also have to... What? No, no, I was going to say due to injuries. Yeah, due due to injuries to himself and the injury to Joe Burrow, yes. yes. But what you have to understand is, generally speaking... T. Higgins is a high-end wide receiver to maybe at his ceiling low-end wide receiver one. But he is a productive wide receiver too. He's a wide receiver too. you want to it. One of the things that I usually struggle with T. Higgins is the way that he's ranked usually. And I'll talk about where he's ranked on Keep Trade Cut after this. It's, like going into more the less... season. No, I was just going to say, going into the season... He was right around wide receiver 13, 14, 15, around that range yes. for, for Dynasty. And yeah. my issue with it is just that he That's has, Yeah, and he hasn't supported that with his performances. I mean, his finishes Not in PPR sure. have been wide receiver 28, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 18, and then this year it's wide receiver 48, but he missed like a bunch of games. He missed four games, if I'm not mistaken. Plus, mm-hmm. a f- uh, like, half a game in Tennessee, half a game in Seattle. So, down season, of course. But he missed games, so I'm discounting this one. But the rest, I mean, going into the season, he had no finishes inside of the wide receiver one. And his best finish was a mid-level wide receiver two. And yet, he was ranked as a top 12 wide receiver, top 13, top 14 yeah. wide receiver. And I struggled with that. So, that's why I had him where I have him. As the second worst of this list, you have Puka. I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame you for putting him there because for production, he probably is the worst out of all these receivers. But at the same time, Puka has no draft capital attached to him, and that just scared. Like Puka has produced, he has no draft capital attached to him. So I, I gotta see it for multiple seasons. But we could be here next year, and I could easily have Puka over T. I yeah. could see that. Yeah, but I agree. That's usually the take me, I'm on as well. Let me see an offseason. Yeah. Right. Let me see an offseason. So with that said, the next wide receiver is T. Higgins. Okay. So we have it flipped, basically. I have Puka here. Yeah. So we just have it flipped. It's just that I think okay. Puka has higher ceiling if he can maintain this type of production. Okay. Next one is Jordan Addison. Okay. That's... A, that's... A difference from my rankings, but you're basically in line with the rest of the guys that commented on this. This was this was actually a thing that Matthew from the 32 Team League wrote on one of the Discord chats. So he asked a bunch of guys to to rank these guys, and you're in line with most of them. But I didn't have Edison there. I have Devonta Smith at third. That's fair. That's fair. The, like the top three, I think, are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. So next off, 
Oh, that's a hard decision, dude. You know what? You know, I, I'm just gonna go on. Jalen Waddle. Okay. That which that's... means Devonta's one. Okay. And I had Waddle there as well. And then I had Addison at one. Ooh, Addison at one. That's yeah. per- okay. So I was the only one with Addison at one. Most guys in there That's actually right. have Addison pretty low. Like, uh, I can see here, like... Like where we put Tank and T? Yeah, there's like one guy put Addison uh, only above Dell. Other guys put Addison at that last. Like two guys here putting him at that last. Wow. Yeah. And there's like other guys who rank these guys in tiers. So they place like Higgins, Waddle, Puka in the first tier. And did Addison then... not have a good season? I could have swore he had a good season. No, he had a good season. I believe the main concern that I heard from guys was Justin one. Jefferson. Uh, no, the actually the first one was uh, no like reliable QB in the future right now because there's uncertainty there. There's Kirk isn't signed for I next year. So I, I have a hard time see- I have a really hard time seeing them not coming back to Kirk. Yeah, I think so as well. But some people like just the uncertainty of it wouldn't put him as high. Right now he's wide receiver 27, Jordan Edison. And then, yeah, it's it's a lot of mouths. That's another thing. That's another thing like, I kind of want to talk about is the pussification of fantasy football. Like, I'm afraid to be wrong. Like, like uncertainty is like a death sentence. But, like, that's where your value comes in. If someone has uncertainty and you are confident, pull that trigger. Freaking yeah. do it. I agree. But they... and, now, and now let me give you what keep trade cut at. So okay. At, at the time that we were commenting on this, so December 28th. Puka is, like, one, I bet. Go on. Yeah. Puka was number one. That's Jaylen, what I thought. Jalen Waddle was number two. Okay. Jordan Addison was number three. Oh, the hate for Devonta. Go on. Devonta Smith was number four. Tank, Tank Dell five. was number five. And T uh, number six. Last. What that tells me is I'm I'm gonna have a nice offseason acquiring T Higgins. That's what that tells me. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, now it flipped. There's like a few. Uh, I think it's just two guys that. Yeah, just two guys who swapped. Now the uh, the rankings have Devonta Smith ahead of Jordan Addison, so that's the only change. Dell is still ahead of Higgins. You always want the wide receiver one. I'm not saying go out and trade your wide receiver ones, but listen, someone like T Higgins or Devonta Smith is an injury away from being the number one wide receiver on a top five offense. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Same with Jalen Waddle. Same with, like, why not? Why would you not want these guys? Especially if the compensation is, like, draft picks or players that you don't have as much faith. Go for it. No. And I mean, uh, we're talking about guys who are all inside of the top 19. So they go from wide receiver 9 is Puka. Tay Higgins is wide receiver 19. And the difference between like Puka Niku and Tay Higgins is less than 1,000 points in value. 
So, like, it's not a whole lot. Right. But it's These interesting. Yeah, but it's interesting how people are actually viewing these guys. And I think it's part of it is just like Puka, Nakua, Tank Vell, Edison are the new hotness, while T. Higgins is the known commodity. He has been playing for a while. This is what he is. So people are just like, okay, they want the ceiling. They want what they haven't seen yet for quite a while. Like, uh, not for quite a while, but like they haven't seen it for multiple seasons. Uh, and they think that's more intriguing than a guy they've seen for now four years. He hasn't had one wide receiver one season. Pukinakua right now is... I uh, believe he's the wide receiver one, if not for any. Is, uh, is he the one? No, he's wide receiver five because he missed. No, oh, he he's didn't. not the one. I'm I'm saying he's a wide receiver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wide receiver five right now. So, yeah. no, I think no, that's mostly like, it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I All thought right. it was an interesting discussion. Okay, so week seventeen is now in the books. And what games did you actually see? I don't want to admit what games I actually saw. <laughs> Give it to me straight. Ravens, Dolphins, Bengals, Chiefs. Okay, so let's talk about the first one. Because you were pretty vocal in the beginning, in our league chat, when <laughs> Miami scored the touchdown. And then it went downhill. They should have two. They should have two. And then it then it went downhill, huh? Yeah. I mean it's just like they got punched in the mouth. And they are not yeah. the team that comes back from that. Woo. So yeah. Man. Ravens won that game fifty six to nineteen. We saw an Bro, appearance. It got from so Tyler bad. Hensley. It got so bad. People whose names I didn't even know were like scoring. Huntley got a passing touchdown in there. I don't know who he threw it to. It was some no name dude. Hold on, I'll look this up. List of pressing shit up. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, it was Charlie Kohler. There you go, Charlie Kolar. K- yep, Kohler. Yep. Kohler, yep. yeah. The second yep. year white tight end, I believe. Yep. Justice Hill absolutely gashed the Dolphins' defense. For it 16 yards feel... per carry. It didn't feel... No, look at the receptions, too. Yeah. It didn't feel... Like Gus Edwards got 16 carries every time I looked up. It was Justice Hill. <laughs> Melvin Gordon got a touchdown in garbage time, too. That was the other thing. Ugh. Disgusting. Uh, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting game. Do you still stand by your take? That's this Baltimore that Ravens. Ra- the Ravens clinched the one seed. The Ravens will lose a game in Baltimore. Divisional round, yes. Okay. Book it. It's it will be in my predictions next week. Book it. No, the week after, because next week they have to buy. <laughs> no, it'll be part of my playoff predictions next week. Oh, okay, 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 okay. 
I mean, I still can't trust that. I mean, they are the first team in the VOA. Like, right now, there's two clear tiers in terms of the VOA. It's the Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers in tier one, and then everyone else. Because, <laughs> I mean, their percentages are just crazy. Their ranks are just crazy. So, yeah, those guys, those teams are the best teams in the league right now. There's no questions about it. And I think Baltimore oh. is by far the better team. I oh, guess not Ren by far. Posed, Ren posed an interesting question in our chat yesterday. I want your opinion on it, if it'll load. Okay. So, it was Dak Prescott versus Lamar Jackson. Dak has more passing yards, more passing yards a game, more passing touchdowns, the same interceptions, a higher QBR, a higher quarterback rating, a higher completion percentage. Why is Lamar the MVP to lose and Dak Prescott? Okay, so why is Lamar Jackson the consensus MVP right now and Dak Prescott a choker? Who doesn't I mean, deserve it? I think it's just like sometimes for the record, Lamar also at... has more rushing yards. Yes, and I'm guessing like total touchdowns is probably had. I didn't check uh, that yet. I actually think it's Dak. Oh, but oh, let me check that. I think so. Let me see how many rushing touchdowns he has. <laughs> ESPN. He has 24 passing and rushing. <laughs> ESPN is terrible. Let's go to Pro Football. There we go. Rushing. He has 29 touchdowns to Dak's 30. Okay. So he has one last Total. touchdown. Yep. Okay. I mean, I think part of it is just like when you look at how the teams actually play and how the players actually play, just sometimes you need to take the stats out of it because there's just stats that can mislead you. And there's like, if that's why there's sometimes the, the whole like uh, faceless test where you basically just say some stats and just don't put the, the faces to the players and then you try to guess which one was better. And yeah. most of the times it just goes really badly the because person with those stats, yeah. yeah, stats aren't everything. Like when I watch these two teams play, it's like Lamar Jackson is by far playing better than Dak Prescott. Like, sure. By far? Yeah. Uh, I don't know I about by far. I think it's by far. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Are the Ravens a top five defense? Uh, they are according to DPOA, yes. Are the Cowboys the top five defense according to DPOA? They are, yes. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> They're <laughs> fifth. So, like, oh, Baltimore is one. Baltimore is one. Okay. That's so, still good. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get it. I don't get it. I do think there is a bit of. Um, Baltimore's defense has dominated a lot of people, and they have won a lot of games, so Lamar is getting that credit. 
because quite honestly, I watched Lamar against Miami. And yeah, like there were times where it looked like they couldn't stop him. In fact, there I, I I'm not sure if I remember them punting. But at the same time, I, I don't know how to explain it. Lamar made great throws. Lamar has improved as a passer. Lamar is not as good of a passer as Dak Prescott. Yeah, I struggle with that. And it's also hard because you're comparing QBs who are really different in terms yeah, of their playing style. Yeah, they have two style. different play styles. Yeah, no, I'm because then, then you're comparing like totally the And I think, and I think here's the thing. Here's the thing that I, that I couldn't put into words. So, like, you remember at the start, I had said that Baltimore had had um, got penalties called, and they were at like third and sixteen or third and eighteen, and they converted on HP screen. That's more Justice Hill than that's Lamar Jackson. Going like being able to be stopped once again. It was a Justice Hill forty-yard wheel route. Did Lamar make that throw? Absolutely, but it was also scheming and Justice Hill making that play. I don't know. I, you could argue. I guess you could argue the same with CD. But there's just something about Baltimore that just doesn't feel right. They don't feel like a thirteen-win team. And maybe I'm starting to sound like Alex, where I'm telling them to win better when they're winning by thirty. But there's just something when I watch them that doesn't like doesn't click like the Chiefs when the Chiefs were good clicked. Or watching the Bengals during that playoff run, like that click. It, there's something that doesn't click with Baltimore. It's funny because when I see Baltimore, I think they are by far the best team in the league. So I don't really share that with you, in which I, I see flaws. I see some flaws and and I guess one of the flaws, it's connected to why maybe Dak has better stats in some of these categories than Lamar. I mean, but all it's of them? Like, yeah, not all of them. Like, for example, all of yards. them, all no, of no, them no. except rushing. Okay, then I can just look at it and say, for example, Lamar Jackson has a higher adjusted yards gain per pass attempt. Lamar Jackson has a higher adjusted net yards per pass attempt. Uh, Lamar Jackson has a higher yards gained per pass completion. Uh, yeah, there's like things here. Uh, Lamar Jackson has a yard gain, has more yards gained per pass attempt, for example. So they're like, there's stats right, here that Lamar, I can use. Lamar Jackson also has Throws players. Less. Well, not only does he throw less, he also has players who can get him 18 yards on a halfback screen. So, <laughs> I mean, yes, but then he has no wide receiver that is even close to the level of C.D. Lamb. Say flow? Okay, okay, C.D. Lamb. Okay, okay, okay. No. I thought you were going <laughs> to yeah. say he didn't have a receiver he could trust. I was about to say, Zay Flowers and Odell made some very ridiculous. He definitely trusts those dudes. But C.D. Lamb, okay, I get you. No, yeah, 100% right. But then, 100% and then right. it's like the best wide receiver, I guess, right now, it's Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers is still a rookie. So yeah. it's it's impressive to be doing this with the type of receivers that he has, although they have been reliable this year. It's like Odell Beckham, out of a year in which he didn't play, comes back. It's not his former self, but he's playing well. Lamar is elevating him. And Zay Flowers, who's a rookie, Lamar is also elevating him. So it's like there's levels to this, I think. It's not just clear black and white. There's like so- there's multiple shades of gray. 
to to be honest, I have a question. Is ele- is quote unquote elevating a player kind of half bullshit? Because I've just watched a whole season where one of the best quarterbacks is in the NFL is just made useless by a bunch of drops. You know, you can't say Patrick Mahomes can't elevate a, a wide receiver, but when those wide receivers are like. Valdez Scantling and and he's dro- leading the league in drops. Like, there's only so much you can do, buddy. You have to have the talent. Yes, Again, I get it. Good. I think it's another situation of it's not black and white. It's different shades of gray because it's like it's definitely something that it's true. Because I look at a team like the Texans. And you have CJ Stroud that I think it's clearly elevating guys like Nico Collins, guys like Noel Brown, guys like Tank Dell. He's clearly elevating those guys to playing to a better standard that they ever had in their career. Right, but then but it's you're all... Yes, exactly. Because there's only so much that you can do. Your wide receiver needs to be at a certain level. And your scheme yeah. needs to be at a certain level. So there's coaching involved here as well. It's not just like this guy can make wide receivers who should be working at Walmart uh, just studs. No, there's like there's only so much that he can do to elevate those guys. And then the rest is on them. And it's on the coaching scheme, uh, the offensive coaching scheme. So, yeah, again... Different shades of gray to me here. But that's fair. But yeah, so you still think that Dak should be the MVP? Is what I'm getting, or was this just an hypothetical? Oh, oh no, this is just hypothetical. Okay, no. so you definitely think that Lamar Jackson will eventually be the first, I believe. Right. Two-time unanimous MVP. I don't know about unanimous, but quite honestly, this has been a city. Uh, a city. This has been a season where Tyreek Hill and Brock Pretty and Dak Prescott have been MVP candidates. So I'm not sure if you can say there's been a unanimous MVP this year. I'm sorry. I mean, this is the highest that the uh, the odds ever were for an MVP. To be honest. Like he's currently minus seven hundred, if I'm not mistaken. I'll check the the actual odds live. But last time that I checked, it was minus seven hundred. So, like, I believe the highest so far was in the hundreds, minus hundred and something. Yeah. So NFL odds here, according to DraftKings, uh, MVP. The awards, yeah, okay, no. So Lamar even jumped further than this. I did not see this jump. Lamar is currently minus 20,000. Is this correct? What? Minus 20,000. I'll check the link here with you. At this but point, I'm... I'll just put a... Hold on, I'm going to DraftKings right. now. Yeah, you have the link there if you want. On Discord. I don't believe links that come from Portugal. It's not all bad here. You seem to like it. The last time we talked about it. You know, funny enough, um, so I was like, you know how Google will like 
give you like what's trending before you type anything in. Yeah. Well, there was this random girl's name that came up. I was like, why is this person trending? And I clicked on it and I regretted clicking on it because it was this family that lost this three-year-old girl in a freaking hotel in Portugal and they've been looking for her for like 20 years. Oh, it's, uh, that's Maddie McCann, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. That that case was pretty talked about here for a while, and it still is, to be honest. Like, there was... What happened? There was some intrigue. Okay, how so... Just, how do you lose your three-year-old child in a... Like, you would have to have had separate rooms. How, how could she just disappear out of a hotel room? Okay, so what happened from I recalled is that they were in vacation here. Uh, they had yep. three child, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Which was a mistake. Why, why, would you, why would you vacation in Portugal, but go on? Oh, there's plenty of, especially British, like in the beaches. Oh my like, God, he is actually negative 20,000. Yeah. So, there's not m- much more that you can do. Like, this is... Unanimous. A one dollar bet gets you t- one dollar. Um. Okay. <laughs> go on. Sorry. Go. Go on with McCain. McCarr, no, McCain. So, whatever. McCann. McCann. I believe. McCann. Uh. So yeah, they were vacationing in Portugal, down in Algarve, down south, and they apparently went out to dinner and left the children, like in the hotel room, just sleeping. Like there's reports that they like. What basically giving gave them like sleeping pills just so that they wouldn't wake up. What? Yeah, but I believe that was never actually super confirmed. But that was the the running theory by the police here. That uh-huh. that's what they gave them. And then when they came back, the the girl wasn't there. Just the two boys, if I'm not mistaken. So why would you take the girl and not also the two boys? Yeah, that's what was always sort of interesting. Like, there's plenty of theories around it. Like, the most common one was that it was actually the the parents who, like, giving them the sleeping pills, gave them the wrong dosage, and just eventually ended up killing the the kid. So then they had to hide it. I mean, there's plenty of theories around here. There was one um, police investigator here that sort of blamed them and even wrote a book about it, how he was blaming them. So there was a whole lot of (laughs) of finger pointing between them. And it it was a big story back then. But yeah, like the theory that prevailed for quite a while was that it was the parents who like got that has been since confirmed false. Uh, Not really, because they never really learned what happened to it like recently i believe it was last year uh there was some news that it was uh, that they were thinking it was a german man that was in jail and then they they figured out that it was him because he made a comment to one of his cellmates about it uh, i don't think it really led to anything they investigated it and like they had a, a sketch from one of the eyewitnesses back then that said that it, they saw a guy like him around the hotel at the time. Like, of course, it might mean nothing. But, like, the sketch is pretty similar to the actual German guy. Now, it never really came to anything. 
Uh, he, he didn't say anything. He didn't like really make any sort of statement outside of that one comment that he reportedly told to one of his cellmates. Didn't really into anything that he had done to the kid. So yeah, like my, my theory was always as well that it was the parents. It was just super suspicious what happened then. You leave a three-year-old in a hotel by themselves while while you go yeah. out and get food. That's just yeah, like fancy yeah. restaurant. I think it was like across the street as well. So, but yeah, it's just like that parenting, to be honest. Yeah, and apparently they they were pretty wealthy, so they had deep connections to to like important personalities down in in England. So it eventually just sort of they took investigation I upon them. I thought you were and... gonna say Portugal, and I was gonna reply with, "Who in Portland would want to be associated with Portugal?" <laughs> but, well, apparently but... they were here. So, uh, so, but yeah, it was a whole big ass story back then. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, we were talking about the Ravens and them beating the Dolphins or something. <laughs> and how Lamar is probably the anonymous MVP. And I believe that yeah. would be the first time ever that a guy, a player, won it two times as an anonymous MVP. I, I don't... Really a... This this honestly is the least deserved unanimous MVP I've ever I've ever seen. Not because nope. Lamar doesn't deserve the MVP, but if you recall, like, was Lamar's name even getting brought up before, like, two weeks ago? We were talking about Tyreek Hill, Brock Pretty, and, like, I don't even remember. Dak Prescott. I, I think he had higher odds than Tyreek Hill. But he was behind Purdy, and he was behind Prescott. So, so two and things can be right. I can, I can think that he deserves the MVP, and he does. But don't tell me he deserves unanimous MVP because he does not. Don't, don't give me with this. I mean, he's the best player on the best team in the league. So, yeah, you can miss me with that one. <laughs> I mean, they are the most complete team out of every single team. Gross. I believe. They are the only team that ranks inside of the top three in every single category in DVOA. So offense, defense, special teams, they are ranked two, oh, one, and two. I was I was looking up NFL conspiracy theories, and this is a good one. I want I want your take. Okay. So they went through the previous logos of the last like three or four Super Bowls. Oh, I know. Yeah. Sure uh, yep, you know exactly. And it and the logos are eerily or the colors are eerily similar to the teams that eventually ended up playing. And if the, if the conspiracy is correct this year, the Super Bowl will be the 49ers versus the Ravens. Again, that was the conclusion. Yeah, I saw that one as well. I mean, is the NFL which, script? Which is which is which is credit, which is very very bad for my case of Ravens will be knocked out in the first round. But regardless, <laughs> but regardless, 
if I'm wrong, I can just say the NFL is rigged. So I'm good. It's all good. Okay. Okay. It was rigged from the start. It was rigged from the start. You have the excuse ready. Yeah. Yeah. I already got, I got a notepad and I'm like writing down excuses already. It's two weeks before the game even happens. Like I I got, I got it, bro. I got it. Like if it's the Browns, if they face the Browns, like, oh, the Browns are going in without a quarterback, they're running back, their offensive line. No, I I got it. I got it. Okay. And okay, I think one of the games that we definitely need to talk about, and I don't think you you saw this one, although it was on a Saturday, so you might have watched it. So the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. I did not did see, see any of this game. I didn't even know the Cowboys won until Sunday while I was watching the Bengals play. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you didn't even see the controversy that was around this no. game. It's like all over I the. Saw place it right Sunday. Now. The, the no call. The no call, exactly. Or better yet, the call, I guess. Go on, explain it. No, it was like... So, late in the game, there was one tripping call that, uh, like, last drive for the Cowboys in that game. Uh, First and ten, it was outside of the two-minute warning. I believe there was two minutes and 30 seconds left. They ran a play... And the the refs call it tripping on Endershot, the the tight end. So they call a tripping penalty on him. Although it should have been called on Hayden Hutchinson, who attempted a, a trip as well. So it should have been called on him. But that pushes the Cowboys back to first and 25 with two minutes and 20-something seconds to play. So what do you usually do in this situation? You run the ball, Pass right? to CD Lamb. Okay, now. <laughs> so they actually passed it like three times in a row. Uh-huh. With like the cow, the the Lions had two timeouts, if I'm not mistaken. So they passed the ball two times in a row. Three times okay. in a row, actually. And so first one is a completion. Brings the game now to a two-minute warning. Second one uh, is a completion as well, if I'm not mistaken. Lions call a timeout. Third one, third down and long, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's a pass and it's incomplete, which leaves the Lions with roughly 1 minute and 30-something seconds on the clock and a timeout. So they punt the ball, Lions get it. They are stuck inside of their 20s, 30s, so just regular kick. And then the Cowboy, the then the Lions start going on field. And the Lions actually scored the touchdown. So yeah, the game is then... Uh, what's the score back then? Yeah, the game is then 20 to 19. And then Campbell, as is usual, Seth goes for a two there instead of one to tie the game. He goes for the win. Mm-hmm. First play. Right. Yeah, it's a trick play in which they pass the ball to the offensive lineman, Decker. So Decker goes and reports to be eligible to the to the off to the um, the referee. The line coach, yeah. Or the line ref, yeah. 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 So he makes the signal, and apparently Dan Campbell had said that if that they had a trick play that they would run in this situation, uh, and Tyler Decker would be the guy who was going to report as eligible. Apparently, this is what happened. So Decker reports, 
They make the pass to Decker. Decker gets the two-point conversion. Everyone's yeah. celebrating. They've beat the Cowboys. And the ref throws a flag. And they said that Tyler Decker didn't report as eligible. That another Ooh. guy, 68, if I'm not mistaken, reported. When it's clear that it was 70 reported, not 68. So, hell breaks loose. Like, then Gamble is on the sideline. He goes down to the field, talk to the ref. He's pissed off about it. Tyler Decker is pissed off about it. Like, tempers are flaring right now. So then it's a penalty. It's a, I believe it's a longer attempt. And what do the Lions do? They go for it again. It's like, that. now it's 10 yards that you need. They to went for it again? They went for it again. Yeah. <laughs> so they go for it again, and I believe uh, the pa- the pass is incomplete. But then that's a penalty on Jordan Lewis, if I'm not mistaken. So penalty on Jordan Lewis brings them back up the field, and they have another attempt at it, and they, they go for it again. They have yes. three tries. Like eventually, like is the divine intervention not clicking with you? Do you just not like? Yeah, like, the first one I would, after the first penalty, I would have, of course, just be like, okay, I'll just kick it. We'll push it it to to overtime, yeah. But no, then they go for for it again, and they target their tight end, uh, not Sam Laporte, the other guy who I never know the name of, actually, uh, who's from the Lions, I guess I'll get it this way. Yeah, Brock Wright, or... Or Mitchell. It's one of the two. So it's either James Mitchell or Brock Wright, one of their backup tight ends. Uh, that's the play that they run. It's to him, a two-point conversion. It's an absolutely atrocious play. He's short of the sticks by quite a bit. So they lose the game. And now all you hear is how they got massively screwed by the refs. Like, it's to a point in which... NFL has sent the teams the video explaining what happened in that situation. I'm not sure if they've revealed the recordings of what happened between the ref and the boot. So it's like, it's insane right right now. All right. All right. Tinfoil hat. Can I tinfoil a hat for a second? Go for it. The fix was in. They wanted this game to go to overtime. And since Detroit wouldn't do it, yeah, Detroit just failed to get the signs. Like you, you would think like after the like, God, I can't believe this. After calling the person that you clearly called eligible ineligible, you wouldn't just take the sign and just kick the PAT to take it down. No, no, no. They ran another play ten yards back, and then. They call a penalty and give them another opportunity to get it right and just take it to OT. And they just said, no, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> There's my tinfoil hat theory. The fix was in. The refs were trying to like appeal to a reason for entertainment. And Dan Campbell just said no. And I just love Dan Campbell for that. He didn't oh. care. But yeah. It's just like I mean, some of this refereeing is sort of rough, man, right now. And we talked about it like in the previous episode, we talked about how some of this 
refs were overly criticized and like every single loss was attributed to the refs. And I guess this one is being attributed as well when Campbell sh- could have just gone for one, push it to OT, maybe win it in OT. But yeah, that's a rough, <laughs> that's a rough miss there. And Lions fans were pissed. And Cowboys won. Like, just by, like in the playoffs, Alex. By take, it. Take, I think. Take, take the I divine intervention sign, Alex. It's going to happen. Don't do it. Don't, sol- don't pick whoever the Cowboys play in the first round. Tra- don't do it. Don't do it, Alex. It's a trap. I'm telling you right now, it's a trap. Right now, they are going to face whoever wins the NFC South. Which I guess don't they likely dare. win, right? Don't you, I'm about to say, don't you dare say you're picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Saints. If you pick the Saints over the Cowboys, that will be the best day. Like, that, that, will, that will be worthy of clipping. In fact, in fact, speaking of clipping, Alex... Would you like to tell the people what the predictions were for last week? <sighs> Hold on. Hold Can on. I what, not? What? Can I not? No, I'm going to make you say it twice. What what happened? I went 5-10 and 1. Angelo oh, oh. went 11-4 and 1. Oh, really? Oh really? I am I am Angelo the Delulu, huh? 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 You were you were yelling at me for with every pick, every single pick. Fair you were begging play, me to come to reason. Fair play. There's like How's there's you? nothing I can actually argue. It's like every game I have a bad read on. Uh huh. Fair play. You won this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got taken advantage of, Alex. When I was you. young. <laughs> uh, when you were one week younger. I got you, which was technically a year ago. Let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, so any other game that you want to talk about? I guess it doesn't matter talking about your Bengals. They are yeah, just... the Kansas City kicked field goals to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Gross. Um, the Browns decimated somebody. The Jets. I forgot who. Oh, the Jets. Oh, yeah. The, the Browns decimated the Jets. Joe Flacco um, at it again. Joe Flacco is the thing. I keep getting – I keep – coworkers keep coming up to me and say, telling me Browns Super Bowl – I'm just like you. Re- you guys really just are the most delusional. Like you poor souls. You've seen one playoff game in like 20 years, and you think that you guys are going to make the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, a banged up offensive line, and a backup running back. Bless your heart. So you're calling your them Delulu. Yes, I'm calling them delusional. Props are not making the Super Bowl. Spoiler yeah. alert: that also isn't part of my predictions. Okay. We shall see. We shall see. No, I don't think they make it there just because there's two teams I like more than them right now in the AFC. Yeah, and one of them I have projected out in the first round that they play. 
You will be wrong on that one. I'll t- I'm telling you right now, Angela. Alex, when that day happens and Baltimore loses, you will never hear the end of it. I'll be here waiting patiently because that won't happen. I'm sorry. That won't happen. Alex sees no scenario that the Baltimore loses in the divisional round. Nope. Maybe they'll lose in another round, but they are winning a playoff game. You have a lot more confidence in that than I do. Yeah. Maybe they'll lose to Buffalo, but that's it. I think Cleveland's already beat them banged up. No, they could lose to Cleveland. Playoffs is a whole different beast, though. What if they? What if Jacksonville beats Cleveland and they lose to Jacksonville? What would you do? What would you do, Alex? Are, if the are Jacksonville... even? Uh, I'm I'm telling you right now, Jacksonville isn't even making the playoffs. You don't think Jacksonville's even making the playoffs? We shall see. We shall see. We shall see indeed. And they have the easiest opponent, I believe. Um, so, AFC South. Yeah, they face the Titans this next week. While the Colts and the Texans face each other. So, if the Jaguars lose, whoever wins the Colts and the Texans will win the division. No. Jaguars got this. Hmm. We shall see. We shall see. Now, there's plenty of teams resting starters. I believe the Chiefs are resting Mahomes and some of their starters. I believe it has been announced that Carson Wentz will start for the Rams instead of Stafford. So Stafford gets the rest. Um, there was Browns another. Browns are oh, benching uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, Browns are benching Joe Flacco. Flacco just comes out of the couch, plays what four games, and Who's just starting rests. for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it some random guy. Uh, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll, and the backup is PJ Walker. So comes in, plays so five games. Thompson or Robinson oh, isn't even. Oh my god! I believe he's on IR. He ran plays last week. What do you mean he's on IR? No, 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 no. He's on IR. He ran the play versus Houston. Oh, that's, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He went on IR after that. Okay. 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 So, any other game you want to talk about? I only see one more that I think... It, I guess two more because I want to I wanna poo-poo some, uh, this one thing. All right, so what did you want to talk about? Okay, so yeah, it's. I think the first one that we need to talk about is the Cardinals and the Eagles. Your beloved Eagles, who just lost to one of the worst teams in the league. What's your excuse? Honestly, was one of the best games all year. I mean, not for the defense. Yeah, you're right. Not for the. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Like, someone needs to remind Sirianni that he really shouldn't be hiring Matt Patricia as his defensive coordinator. Like, that seems like a pretty terrible idea. And this defense is just 
awful right now. And it's it's not even just the defense. It's like the offensive production is really bad as well. I mean, you look at the score and it's like, yeah, they scored 31 points. But then you look at the passing and it's like Jalen Hurts is 18 of 23 for 167 yards. But then he has three touchdowns because he got some short fields and he got some touchdowns, even though the run game was was doing better. And it's it's a really weird game because it's a very high scoring game, but it feels like Arizona was the better team overall. Like they won Not the game, this. of course. I mean, they were. I mean, they outgained the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of yardage. I mean, Kyler Murray had more yards passing than Jalen Hurts. James Conner, James Conner had one hundred twenty-eight, twenty-eight yards running. For them, near five yards per carry. Michael Carter at 61 yards running. I mean, they just beat the Eagles outright. There's like not much that you can say here in terms to, to defending your Eagles. But, I mean, give me your excuses. Why should the Eagles still be a top team in the league? Listen, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good way to go. Just like the, the same way the Dolphins got. Absolutely demolished by the Ravens. It's not not a good way to go into the playoffs. I will say that. I'm glad that you can admit it. They're taking a big tumble in my my power rankings. I gotta say. Yeah. In terms of DVOA, their offense is still pretty good. They're eight in DVOA, but their defense. I want to read you a few of the names of the defenses. There are behind them. So there's only five defenses behind them to start. So it's the Cardinals, the Commanders, the Broncos, and that's heavily skewed due to the, the first half of the season. The Chargers and the Green Bay Packers. You know who's ahead of them in terms of DVOA? The Carolina Panthers. Defensively, this is. So they effectively have a worse oh. defense than the Carolina Panthers. That's Let that terrible. sink in. I mean, this team, if you want to talk about a team that won't win a playoff game, hitter is. You don't think the Eagles are going to win a... This guy. No. I don't think the Eagles win a playoff game. Say it with your chest when the predictions come out. I will, for sure. This You're going to just... say the Cowboys and the Eagles aren't going aren't to no, win a no, playoff I, game. I think, based on who the... I was going to say, based on who the Cowboys face, maybe they win it. But it's like, if the Cowboys win... Uh, what What's the scenario here? Okay, so... NFC, NFC, here it is. Okay, so the Cowboys are currently ahead of the Eagles. The Cowboys play the Commanders. The Eagles face the Giants. Whoever win, if both teams win this week, then Dallas will clinch the division. So that might mean that Philly faces the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm not going to lie, if the Eagles face the Bucks and Dallas wins the division. So they face who will they face? They will be what the second seed 
probably. Yep. Yeah, because they beat the, the Lions. So, yeah, they will be the second seed. So, they will face either the Green Bay Packers, if they win it. It depends, because like right now, the, the wildcard team is, is still not set. So, it can be Green Bay, it can be Seattle, it can be New Orleans, it can be Minnesota, and it can be Atlanta. I'll tell you right Dallas now. Dallas versus Seattle. If it is, if it is Green Bay at Dallas and Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, both AFC, both NFC East teams will lose their first game. Stop this. Nope. 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 I'm telling you right like now. I said, like I said, this this next this next week is gonna be interesting. And speaking of the Green Bay Packers, how right were we on this Packers, man? Yeah, we were pretty right. We're pretty right. Like there were plenty of guys giving us crap about it. Yep. But we took we the ain't... bump. We took the lumps. We just took it in, but I mean it's just like since week uh let me let me check that so I give you like a full one good answer here. Um where is it? Because I saw a tweet earlier today about Jordan Love. And now, yeah. Highest graded QB by PFF since week 12. Jordan Love. I mean, he's cooking, man. He's cooking right now. This is the youngest team in the league. The defense is really bad. The defense is atrocious. They are, according to DVOA, they are, yeah. They are the 28th defense, but they are the ninth offense in terms of DVOA. And they are the youngest team in the league. Like Jordan Love, it's a, effectively it's his first year starting. He It hasn't always looked that good. But for the most part, he has been playing well. And he's been growing on to being the, the QB that we thought he could be this year. So yeah, he's really developing. Props to the to the Packers coaching staff. They're really helping him out. He's really flourishing. Could this be a situation in which the Packers go from all of him QB, all of him QB to all of him QB? Would be crazy. That would be insane, right? But that when you look, like, that would be like. Odds of winning the lottery luck, honestly. Yeah, but when you look at what he's doing, and when you look at the names that he's throwing this ball to, I mean, he's throwing the ball to Jaden Reed, who's a first-year rookie, who's a rookie. He's throwing the ball to Bo Melton, who had nine targets, six catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown, who was an undrafted or seventh-round pick by Seattle last year, 2022, and was then cut and was was acquired by the Packers with free agency. He's passing the ball to Tucker Craft. He's passing the ball to Romeo Dubs, second-year wide receiver, who was a fifth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. He's throwing the ball to Malik Heath. He's throwing the ball to Samori Torre. I mean, he's throwing the ball to a bunch of guys that are really unknown. And he's succeeding with it. That's like, he, he didn't have um, Christian Watson for most of this season. And, I mean, it's just playing well. Just this week, 
He faced the, a Minnesota Vikings defense who was touted as pretty good. And he finishes the game with 256 yards, three touchdowns, 125.3 QB rating. And he added another touchdown on the ground. So four touchdowns in total. That's why I think if this team makes the playoffs, which is no guarantee right now, but they are facing who? To see If they win, I believe they're in. Uh, let me see the Packers here. Yeah, the Packers, they have a 68% chance to make it in. A win next week would clinch the playoff berth. And they are facing who? Who are they facing this week? They are facing... It's hard when you don't see a Packers. Packers player here. Uh, they are facing this week the Chicago Bears. So the event... Oh. They... But I mean, then it's like, it's Chicago-like. It's like you're Chicago. playing... It's like you're playing versus your... The team that you own. So it's kind of weird, right? It shouldn't be allowed to play versus the, the satellite team. Ooh. You're going to poke <laughs> the bear. Uh, and I guess now that we're talking about Chicago... I'll pass on to the last topic that I want to talk about before we go to the predictions and all of that. And it is, what do you think Chicago... Because Chicago locked up the 101. So now the discussion is Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Justin Fields? Where do you stand on that? I'm going to sound crazy. Oh, don't do it, man. Come on, don't do it. I trade down again. Oh, fuck. Deep breaths. I trade down again. Deep breaths, man. I cannot believe you're saying that. I will trade down again. You're going to give another year to Justin Fields. Yes. Okay. So let me read you. Since you were so much into stats from before, let me read you a QB. Let me let me me elaborate a little bit. Okay, okay. It's not necessarily because I think Justin Fields is the long-term future of the Bears. Granted, I think if you want to make an argument for someone to take longer to develop, Justin Fields is a very solid case for that. But I more think that this roster is so atrocious. That you just you just need the draft picks just to start building things so an eventual quarterback could come in. Quite honestly, would you want to see Caleb Williams on behind this Bears team? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. So what's atrocious about this team? The weapons outside of Cole Komet and DJ Moore, the offensive line is average and the defense is putrid. Okay, so regarding the defense, according to DVOA, where do you think they rank? 16. 14. So they are not atrocious. And this is heavily skewed by the first few games. Because since Saberflus took over the play calling, the defense has been stout. They have been really great. Stout. 
Yeah, they have been stout. They've been really good. Stop. And then the O-line, according to BFF, they are ranked 16. So they are average, as you said. And yeah, the weapons aren't great. So you're telling me that you would pass on a quote-unquote generational talent in Caleb Williams, or maybe if you prefer Drake May, for a guy who, uh, in 2023, these are some of his stats. His QB rating is 86.85.8. His QBR is 46.3. And his um, any slash A is 5.28. You know what QB they... Uh, that's... Um, my bad, I just said the, like... Uh, the short version of it, but it's just a net yards per pass attempt. It's 5.28. You know what QB this franchise moved off from in 2020 after the 2020 season? Mitchell Trubisky. You know what his, his stats were in this categories here back in 2020? What? 93.5 QB rating, 53.8 QBR, and 6.00 adjusted net yards per pass attempt. So... You're telling me that a QB who has probably as good or if not worse season than Mitch Trubisky had in 2020 should be given another chance to yet again try and lead this team to something. I think it's just I mean, asinine, man. And I read a comment from a Bears fan. It really, depends, think... it really depends on the state of the NFL draft. Like... Let's say Caleb Williams doesn't declare. I would still rather have Drake May. You'd still rather have Drake May. Okay, go on. Like, by far. I don't think it is even. I think, like, this being a question is a testament to how bad of a franchise Chicago is. It's truly mind-boggling to me that fans of a franchise see this player being actively bad, and just because he is a good community guy and he is likable, they are willing to keep their franchise in poverty just to have this guy running around at QB because that's all he does, really. It's just he runs around. He eventually will give you a wow rush, like avoids two or three sacks and goes for a big gain of 15, 20 yards, and people will be wowing at it. People will be surprised by it. And then it's like you watch him pass the ball and it's absolutely like it's atrocious for a guy who's on his third season starting. It's absolutely atrocious, man. And I'll read you a comment from a Bears fan on Reddit that I found. So shout out to Pocket Change 2247 if you're listening for some weird reason. And this is a comment from a guy who watches Bears games. And this is exactly how I would put it as well. And since you're into MLB, this will probably click with you. But his windup also takes longer than most MLB pitchers. And he double clutches worse than Charles Barkley hitting a driver off the tee. So golf and MLB right here. But then he has those magical escapes where he spins out of two almost guaranteed sacks and runs for 15 yards for a first down. But for some reason, everyone sees that and says... That's the reason we need to keep him. 
because almost no one else in the NFL can do that. While almost every QB is quicker to pull the trigger on a throw, that would prevent that pressure anyway. This is like exactly my issue with it. It's like people will be wowing and will be fascinated by how he gets out of a sack and goes for big yardage without questioning the process of why he was there in the first place. Because he won't pull the trigger even though his player is wide open. Because it takes longer to read the game than anyone would probably take to read, I don't know, the Bible or something. It's like, it's a whole ass time that he has in the pocket to read that field. And it's just like, he's so slow at doing the most basic QB things. So yeah, I think it's absolutely asinine to give another year to Fields. Not only because of Fields, but because you reset the rookie deal. So you get a rookie in for five years, paying him cheap. You don't have to pay Justin Fields at any, at any dimes type of deal that eventually will hamstring your, your team because he's not a player that you need to be paying that much money to. Because, as you said, he needs a whole lot of help on that team to make it work. And if you're paying him, I don't know, 30, 40 million a year, you just won't be able to get that help. It's pretty simple. So yeah, I think they need to move off a of field, send them somewhere for a second. Maybe they can get a second for him. And then you can improve that with those picks. Then you can improve the team with the other first that they have. Then you can improve the team with the two seconds that they have. And with the money that they have in free agency, they can be buyers in that market. But keeping fields right now, I think it's an absolute disaster. First rant of 2024 about Justin Fields. <laughs> Achieved. It is. It was your first rant of 2020. What are you going to do if the Bears do draft Caleb Williams or Drake May? How so? You won't be able to rant about Justin Fields. Yeah, but they, he will eventually have a job somewhere else. So I can't oh. rant about him now. Okay. Can you imagine with him with Arthur Smith next year? It, he'd be an improvement. <laughs> We're going to be sitting here next year, and it's like that offense will run exactly the same with Justin Fields as it ran with Desmond Ritter or Tyler Haneke. And you will be like, okay, I apologize, Alex. You were right. Justin Fields is not the QB that will change your franchise, unless it is for the worse. Do you think he can make that Falcons offense worse? <clears throat> I think they will run about the same. This guy. But yeah, have fun spending a second on a guy who can run a lot. I mean, we actively sit here and say that teams shouldn't pay running backs. And then we're like, okay, but they should pay this running back who occasionally drain, throws the ball. Okay. And this I leads us... Justin Fields hater. Maybe, on, but I am right to be hating on him. On him. Okay, so our power rankings... What would you do if it's Zach Wilson under center for Atlanta next year? 
Uh, I think there's very little chance that that happens. Why? I still think because one, I think Rogers likes the kid, so I think he will still be the backup for the Jets. I don't think they move off of him. And two, I don't think Atlanta would be in for it. I think if they f they go for anyone, it's a running QB because it fits the scheme a bit better. But the scheme of not throwing to Drake London and Kyle Pitts? Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Which, you're not wrong. Which Justin Fields would be, would be an ace doing so. You're not wrong about that. Or he would just throw to only Drake London or Kyle Pitts. Okay, then no, he can't. He can't. If You're saying one of his deficiencies is he stares down one target. Unless that target is... Janu Smith or Tyler Algeo, he he'll be gone within a few weeks. <laughs> no. Arthur Smith Not isn't happening. a fan of that. Yeah. He wants his studs to get the ball. Not yep. uh, not the the bums like Drake London Calpits. Yeah, the bums. <laughs> the bums, yes. Okay, so another breaking news. Another QB will be starting, another backup QB will be starting. Sam Darnold gets the start for the San Francisco 49ers this week. So cool. they lock, if I'm not mistaken, they locked in the, the one seed. I believe they did, yes. So with the loss of Philadelphia. Good luck, Good luck out there, Sam. So you will have a Sam Darnold. Versus Carson Wentz. Week 18, baby. Week 18. Are the 49ers even going to be starting any of their skill position players? Is Christian McCaffrey going to be out there? Uh, I would be surprised if he is. Uh, just, because, just because he picked up an injury. So I think he's probably getting rested. Now, the tricky thing here for San Francisco is that they will be resting their players two weeks since they have a a bye next bye. week. Yeah. So that's two weeks without playing football. Or like competitive football. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Sure. Okay. Then, power rankings, right? Power rankings, yes. And my power rankings are going to make you mad because I did it more. Since we're approaching closer to the playoffs, I ranked them by how likely... I think they are to make the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay, so mine go in this order. Mine will get you crazy as well. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. So at number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys. At number 9, uh, I have the Los uh, Angeles Rams. Okay. At number 8, this one will, will, really, will really grind your gears. Philadelphia Eagles at number eight. The disrespect. I mean, they lost to Arizona. There's no disrespect here. They're not a good team. Like, in my eyes. They are just finally falling apart. At number seven, Detroit. The Lions. Even though the Dallas Cowboys beat the Lions, I think Detroit had the chance to win that game and probably should have won that game. So I'm putting Detroit higher still. Number six, 
I have the Cleveland Browns. Number five, I have the Miami Dolphins. At number four, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. At number three, the Buffalo Bills. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. And that leaves number one for the best team in the league, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, okay. So for me, number 10 is the LA Rams. Okay. Number nine is the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Number eight is the Detroit Lions. Okay. Number seven is the Cleveland Browns. All right. Number six is the Buffalo Bills. All right. Number five is the Kansas City Chiefs. Number four is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. The Lululu. <laughs> Angelo the Lululu strikes again. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, man. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. We're back, baby. We're back. We're back on board with the sacrificing. Okay. I like how like Baltimore absolutely wrecked a good playoff team in Miami. While San Francisco beats like one of the top five worst teams in the league by less points than Baltimore beat Miami. And now uh, San Francisco is ahead of Baltimore for some reason. You are. For sure. For sure, man. Okay. And that leaves the picks. Last week of regular season. 16 games on the board. Unfortunately, because most of these games, we probably won't know right now who the QBs are or whatever, because there's a few teams that will be resting players. So this one will be tricky. And there's no way for me to get uh, at above uh, 500. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. so Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, as I said before, uh, no, I didn't say this one. I am currently 109, 142. You are 132. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm at 43%, and you have 132 to 119, and that puts you at 53%. So I entered this season saying I wanted to get close to. Um, betting experts, which was about 55%. And while mm-hmm. I haven't hit that, that's a pretty good mark. Yeah, 53 is pretty good. You are like around 52.5, so I usually round those up to but the units. I feel so good 52%. about the 
I feel b- good about the predictions about saying that the Cowboys and Eagles are going to make it past the first round because I have the best bet in fantasy sport or fantasy sport in betting, which is Alex doesn't think they're going to win. That's the best bet. That's thank you, that's, thank you, Alex. That's thank a good you. luck charm. After after the Cowboys win the first round, the Cowboy fans owe you a thank you letter for for getting rid of their playoff drought. So they might as well, man. They might as well. They might as well send you a thank you letter. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then. First game on the board. Pittsburgh. It's Saturday. Steelers. Yeah, it's Saturday. No more Thursday night football. So Saturday night. Or Saturday afternoon, I guess. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are three and a half point underdogs over under is thirty six and a half. By this, I assume Tyler Huntley starting for the Ravens. Yeah, it might be the case. I think Tyler Huntley will will be the starting QB. I don't think that has been announced, but looking at the line, uh, that heavily implies that it's Huntley. Yeah. Now. We're talking about Huntley, who was a pro bowler, right? Or at least a pro bowl candidate last year. As a reserve, yeah. I mean, uh, it is what it is, right? It's like, what matters is the name that he got and the name oh that he got. Oh my God, was the line the moved. Ball. The line moved. Oh, it's now four, so it's going in the direction of the Steelers. Interesting. Um, okay, so this is a must-win for Pittsburgh. Uh, let me check something here regarding their odds. So Pittsburgh nine and seven. They are currently in the hunt for a super for a wild card spot. They have a twenty-eight percent chance of making it in. I believe a win gets them in. Uh, 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 I believe so. I believe it's a win that gets them in. That said, I'm not so sure they can win this game like that. I'm not sure if we'll be out on on Baltimore right now. I don't think that has been announced yet. But give me Baltimore plus four. Give me Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus four. Oh, ooh, it's a pick'em. It's a pick'em, Alex. Yeah, it is. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Houston Texans at Indianapolis Colts. Houston favored by one. I'm assuming this means CJ Stroud is starting, and obviously, um, obviously, uh, Indianapolis has all their starters. Yes. That is correct. Whoever wins this game gets a wild card spot. And maybe even the division. That is depending on what Jacksonville does versus Tennessee. So uh no, well, I, I started as a Colts hater. I might as well finish as a Colts hater. Give me Houston. All right. Houston, minus one. This game is weird because I think Houston has the better team. 
I low-key think that the Colts might pull a tricky one. Hmm. It's interesting. It's in Indian Indianapolis. Yeah, give me the Colts. Give me the pl Colts plus one. To pull the small up that year and make the playoffs. A team that you gave nothing for. And they are making the playoffs, Angelo. Yeah, I was wrong on that one. Yeah. Appreciate it. Okay, next up. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. The Buccaneers are four and a half point favorites. Over under 37 and a half. Which is very, very low. But it, there's a bunch of games that are pretty low this week. Oh, God, there's a 30-point game. There's a 30-point? 30, 30, right, 30 and a half. I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's going to be a fun one. Okay, here, give me... Give me the Panthers plus four and a half. Crap, I think I Tampa Bay wins. I think Tampa Bay wins and wins the division. But I think Panthers cover here. After a very rough game versus whoever they faced last week that I can't remember right now. Um, but I know they had a really rough game. I mean, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't catch me anyway, so yeah, I agree with you. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, now you now you can pick whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, they, no, they I... faced Jacksonville. They lost 26-0. Yep. But yeah, so next... Carolina... Plus four and a half for both of us. The next one for me is Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by three. I'm not picking Arthur Smith. Give me the Saints. <laughs> I'm going the opposite way. I think this is a spot for Atlanta. Give me Atlanta plus three. Uh, I don't think it matters the end of the day, but I don't think the Saints are a team that is built to win the big games here in order to try and stay in the playoff race. So yeah, give me Atlanta. Minus th plus three. Okay, next up for me is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. The Jaguars are five and a half point favorites. The over-under is 39 and a half. And as I said prior, I don't think the Jags make the playoffs. So give me Tennessee. Plus five and a half. Give me my forsaken son, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That you do no longer have in the top ten. I know. I, I had them there for the longest time. They were there for. I tried. I tried beating the drum. It's understandable. I mean, they are frauds at the end of the day. So. Wow. <laughs> My next game is actually the 30-point game. Oh, God. The New, the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by a point and a half. Yeah, give me the Patriots. This is probably yeah. Bill Swan's song. I think it's he will want to go out on a good note. And this is the team. That he probably has like the biggest grudge on. So yeah, I think this is a game that Bill will have his guys ready. So yeah, give me give me the, the Patriots minus one and a half as well. 
Okay, next up for me is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Lions are three-point favorites. Over-under is 45 points. Uh, I think the Lions... I'm not sure how much the Lions can even move. I don't think they can be the second seed. I think they will be the third seed, right? Are they even going to uh, play their starters? Dan Campbell, yes, yeah. they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. With Dan Campbell, they will. So, uh, Minnesota is still playing. They have, like, the minimal of minimal chances to make it in. They have a 3% chance of making the playoffs. They would need everything to fall right for them. And I just don't trust it. Give me the Lions minus 3. This yeah, is give me the Lions moment. minus 3 as well. So my next game is actually the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are benching basically everyone. The Bengals are favored by seven. Give me the Browns plus seven. Screw it. Mm, I actually think I'll go with the Bengals. I watched watched the Kansas City Chiefs field goal us to death. I'm, I'm just demoralized. Uh, I think it's just a game in which Cleveland will will do very little because they no, really yeah they won't care. Anything. But seven points, yeah. I, I don't know. But Jake Browning cares. This Jake is a game Brown- in which. But Jake Browning cares. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he can be a QB that is that signs a deal that is at least good money for him next year. So I mean, this is his last shot to really put it on tape. Some more. So, yeah. Give me the Bengals. Minus seven here. Okay. Okay. For me, next up. Okay. It's the afternoon games now. So, it's Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Football Giants. Eagles. Five-point favorites. Over-under is 42. Give me the Eagles minus five. Surely, the Eagles' defense is really bad, but they cannot be bad enough to the point in which the Giants can score points on them. Can they? I mean, the Eagles minus five, too. <laughs> All right. Eagles minus five for you as well. My next okay. game is the Seahawks at the Cardinals. Seahawks favored by two and a half. Give me the Cardinals. Screw your Seahawks. Yeah. I, I'm i going to have to agree. Give me a reason <laughs> plus two and a half as well. Like, what I saw from this team versus Pittsburgh, it tells me that the team quits. It's over. So, it's over. Yeah. yeah, I think it's over. So, even though they are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs... I think it's over, and it's time to clean owls on a few coordinators. But yeah, like, the defense is just not playing with the intensity that I hope they would. And the offense is still making, like, the offense is not moving the ball as well as they should be right now. But yeah, give me the Cardinals plus two and a half. The Cardinals always play stuff for the most part. So two and a half, Kyler just playing for the heck of it. Defense who has completely given up. Give me the Cardinals. Then it's the Chicago Bears 
at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three-point favorites. The over-under is 44. And you know where I'm going with this? Give me the Packers minus three. It's the easiest pick on the board for me this week. Yep, Packers minus three. Same. All right. The next... Are the Cowboys still playing their starters? Yeah, because they need to win to get the division. Dallas Cowboy favored by 13 against the Commanders. There seems a lot of points. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll be over 50%. Give me the Cowboys to win. Cowboys. To win and go into the playoffs and prove Alex wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah give, give me Washington plus 13. Uh huh. Is Sam Howell even a thing anymore? He's going to start this week as well. He started last week. Because after Jacoby Brissett was announced to start, they picked up an injury in practice. So he was out, and Howell came in. He played terribly, but it was versus the Niners. And I do not trust the Cowboys to do the same. So I think this game ends up being close. The Dallas Cowboys win it, of course. But I think it ends up being closer. Then 13 points. Cowboys. It's around a 10-point game. Cowboys. Okay. Next up for me, LA Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold. The Niners are four-point favorites. Over-under is 41 points. And in the battle of QBs, the backup QBs, Nah, I was going to pick the Rams, but it feels like Shanahan has some sort of upper hand on uh, McVay uh, most of the time. Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan. So yeah, give me the Niners minus four. Give me the Rams. This, yeah, this feels like... A game that doesn't matter. Yeah, it feels like the right side is to take the points, but I think just coaching-wise, and because it is a divisional game, I think Panahan will take the upper hand. So next game for me is the Kansas City Chiefs at the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers are back up! David by three and a half with Kansas City City and everyone. Give me the Chargers! Yeah! My problem with that... Yeah, your problem with the, the Chargers are also sitting everyone. So I mean their their QB got hurt. I do not envision their two top available wide receivers coming back in uh Palmer and Keenan Allen. So I'm not sure why the Chargers are even favorite, man. Give me the Chiefs plus three and a half. Okay, next up, Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are three-point favorites. Over-under is 38 points. And give me the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have been playing great football under Antonio Pierce for the most part. That defense is absolutely insane since it took over. So, yeah, in a divisional matchup, Raiders usually give fits to the Broncos as well. Although Stidham did play decently well 
maybe even better than Russ in some games. Dare I say? I think he led the Stop offense it. much better than Russ. I, I, I'm calling it as I see it. Give me the so Raiders. Give me the Raiders as well. Okay, Raiders minus three for the both of us. And last game on the board for the AFC West uh, East. I bet. Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. Miami favored by three, or Buffalo favored by three. You know what? Give me Miami. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Buffalo. Yeah, it's... I've been saying it for a while. It's the Buffalo Bills. Give me Buffalo minus three. Buffalo wins the division after a very strong push in the second half of the season. Where they gone? Where they have gone from not okay. being in the playoffs to winning the division? All right, those are the picks. Last week of regular season football. Before we kick off the playoffs, anything else you want to add, Angelo? Yeah, I dominated you in predictions this year. You did. Fair play. Fair play. I think eventually, maybe, I'm not sure if like the week between the Super Bowl, where there's not really any game, the Pro Bowl is the only thing around, maybe we we can talk about some of the predictions that we made prior to the season. And looking back on those and how we, we ranked the teams, how we predicted the teams to be, in their schedules. You have our predictions? Uh, I think I can find those eventually. I know I have mine here somewhere. Yeah, here. I have the predictions here. I'm pretty sure that I can find yours. Like, at the absolute most, I just listen back to what we talked about. And I have to endure the terrible mic that I was using or lack of mic. A lack of lack of mic, should I say? But yeah, I think eventually we should talk about that. Because I know I was dead right on Baltimore. You were, and I was wrong. I said they'd be number three. Yeah. So yeah, eventually we need to, to look back in those. Huh. And is that the show? I think that's the show. I think that's the show as well. Well, as Angelo usually says, there's a nice little fancy donate button right there that you can click to help us out. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast or Spotify app, just leave us a five-star review. Just turn on the auto-download. That really helps us, actually. Uh, And if you're listening on YouTube for some reason, because we don't have a video, go to the YouTube and check us out. Give us a like, subscribe. Turn on the notifications. Leave us a commentary as well if you like. We want as many engagements as possible for 2024. New Year's resolution that Austin apparently hates. And yeah, see you guys next week to talk about the playoffs. See ya. It's going to get spicy next week.